Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome back to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Today we will continue on with our series of thematic investing conversations with the focus in specifically on the reopening of China and what the UBS Chief Investment Office sees in the way of implications as well as opportunities, including the current thinking of CIO as it pertains to Chinese equities. Uh, joining us for the conversation today, glad to welcome back to Top of the Morning, Chen Yu, Emerging Market Strategist for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Jing Chen, thank you very much for dropping by the podcast. Great to be back with you. Looking forward to our conversation. Thank you so much, Dan. Happy New Year, everyone. Great to be back. So, Jing Chen, to set the stage a bit, maybe you can walk our listeners, our clients through recent developments within China. Can you share with us the changes in China over the past few weeks, which seems to have really surprised the markets, right? You're definitely right, Dan. A lot of changes have been happening over the past couple of weeks in China. Obviously, um, the reopening is a big surprise to everyone, right? So, as we all know, China started rapidly exiting its COVID management controls, or we call it zero COVID policy, that has uh, lasted almost three years. Uh, and uh, it started exiting in, in December, pretty much having got rid of most, if not all, mobility restrictions. And we think this moves paper way for full reopening this quarter, which should support a rebound in consumption and production activity as early as in February after Chinese New Year and accelerates from the second quarter. So, Jing Chen, with respect to the Chinese economy, can you share with us CIO's current thinking and expectations as to how the economy might progress throughout the course of 2023? Activity at the moment or in December, uh, right, uh, last year, things still have been quite challenging and still are, uh, but we expect the current shocks from COVID waves on consumption and production are likely to be concentrating with just within this quarter uh, looking forward. And we already see evidence of peaking infections rates and a pickup in some mobility indicators such as the traffic congestion data. So we do think a quick rebound from the second quarter of this year is very likely. If we put some numbers into perspective, we expect GDP growth to jump to five, about 5% year over year in 2023 with some upside risk. And in terms of inflation, so we expect CPI to pick up to 25 to 3% as well and boosted by a low base and uh, reopening demand. Yet, we don't see imminent policy normalization before the economy regains solid ground. Thinking about policymaking for a few moments always has been an important factor for investors having allocations in China. Can you take a few moments, provide us with a bit of a deeper dive into CIO's expectations around the policymaking front? Absolutely. So the annual Central Economic War Conference uh, uh, last year, which is was taking place in mid-February, uh, sorry, mid-December last year, affirmed growth now tops the priority list, which means policymakers uh, pledged to boost domestic demand 
and announced a range of support for the private sector and platform economy. That was in sharp contrast to the policy tone uh, in 2021 when the Century Economic World Conference took place of that year. So we do expect policy easing to continue until activity returns to pre-COVID levels. Uh, notably, we expect the special local government bond quota uh, to be uh, front-loaded again to support infrastructure investments, for instance. And monetary policy, on the other hand, is also likely to stay loose to boost liquidity via, for instance, uh, triple R cost and possibly uh, some loan prime rate cost and also other credit easing measures. So, Jing Chen, if we take a step back from China reopening for a few moments, can you walk us through, provide us an update on how CIO is currently viewing the property sector within China? Definitely. Yeah. As we saw uh, last year, the government unveiled about 16 key supportive measures um, to sort of uh, trying to uh, support the property sector which has been a uh, significant drag on the overall growth. And that 16 supported measures have so far been the most comprehensive top-level guidance, right? Um, so aiming to help stabilize the property market, I just mentioned, and also curb tail risk. Credit easing measures are also being implemented to ease developers' funding stress, and there could be more steps to boost demand um, in the coming months uh, to, you know, namely boost home purchases, for instance. We expect property sales to narrow their decline in the first half of 2023, um, which should also lead to a smaller drag on the overall economic growth of this year, thanks to the, you know, incremental policy support ahead. Well, thank you, Jing Chen, for the update on the China property sector. I know that has been a point of interest. So as we begin to close out our conversation for today, probably the most relevant item to address and something good to close on today is how you think investors should be positioned within China and may benefit from the current tailwinds in the country. Yes, that's very important. And to begin with, right, uh, we have turned positive on Chinese equities as a, you know, asset class. Um, so Chinese equities is now most preferred. We have the most preferred stance on Chinese equities um, with the emerging market. We expect select subsectors and companies within the, for instance, consumer, industrial, internet, material, and the pharmaceutical and medical equipment sector to benefit from China's exit from zero COVID. And potentially generate higher relative returns than the overall market for those that want to be more targeted, right? But again, we are holding a um, positive sense uh, on the entire MSCI China. For investors that cannot necessarily easily get access to, say, for instance, the um, uh, sectors that I just mentioned, right? Uh, other than the MSCI China uh, index in general, our 
in e- emerging market internet and e-commerce theme to also be a nice play. Um, downside risk for Chinese ADR, the listing saga, has been meaningfully reduced with U.S. investors now having access to audit papers of Chinese companies on site. So the overhand was largely lifted. And in the meantime, we do expect stronger earnings growth, earnings growth to lead you know, the general market this year. And last but not least, I also wanted to highlight that our U.S. equity teams has also launched in theme around reopening China I, and identify U.S. companies that we expect to benefit from it. So although some stocks have already performed well, um, we believe there's still some room um, for the upside. Um, earnings trends remain supportive. Valuations also attractive. And China exposure should also help offset the impact of, of slower economic growth in the U.S. and Europe. So for uh, those that are interested, I would encourage you to take a look at our uh, this new theme launched by our U.S. colleagues. Yes, to that point, I do want to point our listeners, our clients, especially to the publication U.S. Equities Reopening China, uh, the theme which Jing Chen has made reference to. The publication is available up on UBS.com slash CIO for Clients of UBS, you can, of course, contact your UBS financial advisor to receive a copy directly. Though, Jing Chen, thank you again for dropping by. Very productive session, sharing with us CIO's current thinking on the Chinese economy, the implications of the reopening, and the current thinking when it comes to Chinese equities. Thank you again, Jing Chen. Anytime, Dan. Thank you. Today, we have been joined by Jing Chen Yu, Emerging Market Strategist for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.